edition of the Insider from ClarkCountyToday.com. This is uh, basically our new podcast. I'm Chris Brown. Along with me is Jacob Graneman. Jacob. How's it going? Good. So you and I kind of have been brainstorming a little bit of something that we want to do differently in terms of podcasts Explain a little bit of what the idea is behind The Insider. Sure. Yeah, The Insider. I think what we really want to accomplish here is that we want to uh, create something that is just very conversational, very down to earth, uh, very bare bones in the sense that it's just real life. It's the real stories of people. Um, it's the real uh, just experiences of, of other human beings that, that are a part of our community. And so um, however that plays out, whatever topics we delve into, which should be all of them, um, it'll just be very real. What excites me about it too is, and I've had some conversations as, as I'm covering stories with some of the newsmakers sure. out there, some elected officials about the idea of this, and they're excited about the idea of being able to come on to a podcast to talk about things that are happening in Clark County, one of the fastest growing counties in the state. There's a yeah. heck of a lot going on here and a heck of a lot that matters to the people that live here. So I'm excited to have those conversations Definitely. with some of those newsmakers. We do a lot of video, a lot of interviews, the idea of being able to mix some of that audio into this Absolutely. and take you sort of behind the scenes of what you see in print at ClarkCountyToday.com. We want to start this first one out, though, with sort of a very special edition. Yeah. And what better way to do that than sort of celebrate a first for Clark County. Two high school football champions in the same year. So let's bring in Paul Valencia, our busy sports reporter. Paul. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Good. You have had an incredibly busy weekend, but a very fruitful weekend. Uh, It was a blast. As anyone who knows me or follows me on Twitter, I love football. I I tweet that out a lot. God, I love football. And uh, we had the greatest weekend of high school football in Clark County history. Saturday at the Tacoma Dome, the Hawkinson Hawks won the Class 2A state football title. That's their second in a row, by the way. And then a few hours later, the Union Titans won the Class 4A state championship. First time Clark County has had two teams win state championships in the same year. And by the way, uh, later on in this podcast, I've got uh, some short interviews uh, with with both coaches. Uh, Rick Steele from Hawkinson, Rory Rosenbaugh from Union. They'll they'll be on this podcast a little bit later. So let's talk about the the Hawks, first of all. First time that a Clark County team has repeated back-to-back state champions. Yep, they went undefeated in 2017 and then undefeated again this season and uh, completely two different teams. People will say, oh, they, they like to throw the ball a lot, uh, and both of them, and they got a high-powered offense and, and, a, and a strong defense, and that's true. But uh, as, as you'll hear from Coach Steele, uh, in 2017, no one from the rest of the state knew who Hawkinson was. They'd never gone beyond the quarterfinals before. In fact, they were known for the first 10 years as, as a program as a good enough team to make it to the playoffs, but never good enough to make it to state. They always lost in Week 10. And then uh, then they got, a few years ago, they, they broke through, got to the state playoffs a couple times, but had never reached the Final Four until last year. This year, everyone knew who Hawkinson was after last year, and they took everyone's best game, as, as Coach Steele will tell you. When did you know this team was special and had, had this chance? Well... You know, I, when we won the state championship last year, we did it with a lot of young kids. And, you know, we lost some good pieces. Uh, you know, we lost some linemen and, you know, Cannon Racanelli. And, but uh, when we looked at this team this year and just the, the kids coming back, we knew we had a chance to do it again. And, uh, and, and we did. 
what were some of the challenges this season? I know you and I have talked about it throughout the season, but 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 tell our, our listeners, uh, what were some of the challenges this season? Well, you know, last year uh, we kind of snuck up on people. You know, we just didn't have the history of, uh, of that deep run in the playoffs and, and threatening for a championship. And uh, so, so I think we did sneak up on some people. This year, we didn't sneak up on anybody. And, and the tough part each week for us was, uh, man, it didn't matter who we were playing. We got everybody's best game. And people play desperately against you uh, just because uh, of who you are. And, and you know, I think it's kind of the same thing that Camus has experienced in the past is, you know, when uh, people get off the bus, you can expect uh, their best game. And, and everybody we played this year, that's, that's what we got. Right. Now, I've been here in Clark County for 18 years, so I've been covering a lot of high school football. Um, and there's a lot of high school football before then. First time anybody from Clark County has gone back-to-back for state, so congratulations on that. But I also got to tell you, you know, with, with success comes a lot of sometimes jealousy from other people, and I don't think that's happened yet around here. It, it, it did happen to the to the unions and Skyviews and, and canvases of the world before. People were like, oh, gosh, we're a little tired of them. I think people still like you guys, and maybe it's because it's a small school, but the two AGSHL had done nothing <laughs> for years in the playoffs and now you've won two state titles in a row and teams like Woodland which probably was a top 10 team this year but faced you and faced Tumwater and didn't even make it to state I think they're rooting for you do you get a sense that the rest of the community is is rooting for you a little well you know I I think they do and and I you know I think <laughs> yeah, you said jealously. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that is uh, there is a little bit of that, but I but I do I feel that Clark County does. Uh, Clark County likes Clark County schools, yeah. and whoever goes on to the playoffs, I, I do think that Clark County's behind them. But uh, you know, we haven't always been on top. I, I remember when uh, Mark Morris was on top in the two A league. Uh, for several years, and everybody was kind of jealous of them. Everybody was out to get them, but uh, I think that's just you know a natural feeling. Uh, you know, we've just had a good run of kids here, and and uh, and we've kind of owned that league for a while. But uh, and when you do that, everybody everybody wants a piece of you, and they, and they want to knock you off. But you know, once league's over and and uh, you get in the playoffs, I mean, I was rooting for Woodland, man. I right. I just I I have a lot of respect for that football program. And uh, those kids out there, you know, we've always had a good uh, rivalry with them. But at the end of the day, man, I, I wanted to see them beat Tumwater, and I wanted to see them do well in the in the playoffs. And uh, league rivalries are one thing, but when we get the state level, uh, Clark County gets behind its teams, and, and, and we appreciate that. Right? Hey, uh, have you thought about uh, speaking of Clark County and history? Uh, Saturday night. Two teams won a state title. Uh, on the you know, first time in history, Clark County's had two state champions and different classifications in the same year. Uh, are you proud of that? Oh yeah, I, I am. I'm very proud of it. I mean, I I'm a Clark County guy. I was born and raised here. I played football here, and I've coached here for 33 years. And uh, you know, for a long time, we just couldn't get people to the state level. And uh, the last five years or so, I mean, with the success Camus has had in Skyview and Union and uh, and now us, it's just, it's nice to see that the state of Washington has to think about what's coming out of Southwest Washington. And, and to win a state title, you have to go through some of our teams down here. And I, and I think that's pretty cool. And it, it got pretty close those last couple of games. They had to come <laughs> back from 17 down in the semis and 17 down in the finals, but they got the win. Yeah, I guess the more you win, the harder it gets. Exactly. And it's interesting is that, yeah, yes, uh, coaches uh, 
uh, they, they always like to preach the, to their players, uh, yeah, just one game at a time, you know, the old cliche. Well, well, journalists, we, we can look ahead. We don't care. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much most of us in the state figured Hawkinson as the number one or number two team going into the season this year after last year, and then they proved to be number one. And uh, and then next year, unless the schedule changes, or unless they go try to find some really, really top-notch powerhouse teams to play in the non-league schedule, they're going to be favored to win them all again next year. Doesn't mean they will, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting in 2019. But right now, the Hawks are just celebrating the fact that they've won two in a row. And they did it on the ground. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's really interesting. Sawyer Racanelli is, statistically, he is the best wide receiver in the state of Washington. 100 receptions this year for a high school player is, that's that's a number unheard of in high school football. Uh, he got that done, but he also is the, when the Hawks go into the wildcat formation, he's the quarterback. And it's basically the Hawks saying, we're going to run the ball right here. I dare you to stop us. And uh, Linden couldn't stop him. So he ended up with five rushing touchdowns in the state championship game. That's a championship game record. And he also threw a touchdown pass, not when he was not when he was the Wildcat quarterback. It was uh, when he was playing receiver. He did a trick play. He came around, got got the handoff from the quarterback, and then the quarterback went out. So Sawyer Racanelli threw a touchdown pass to the quarterback, Levi Crum. And so put it all together. Hawkinson wins 42-37. to They had to come back to do it, but they did. They changed it up and went to our uh, ground game in the second half with Sawyer Racanelli leading the way. And an interesting side note, yeah, those of you who saw me on Twitter, you might have noticed a tweet before the game. So where the press box is up at the Tacoma Dome is also where the assistant coaches go up to watch the game and call down to their sideline. Well, the assistant coaches told all of us on press row, hey, Sawyer Racanelli is wearing a different number today. He's wearing number nine for Peyton Brammer. Peyton broke his foot a couple of weeks ago and couldn't play in the championship game. So we were told, oh, what, what a nice guy that Sawyer's wearing this jersey for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turns out, yes, he did. He is. He did want to honor his teammate, Peyton, but also Sawyer forgot his jersey. Oh, on geez. Saturday morning when they drove up to Tacoma. And I'm only saying this now because everyone at Hawkinson understand it's a funny story now because they won the game and Sawyer was awesome. But it wasn't so funny, I found out from Coach Steele. It wasn't so funny pregame when they realized... I don't have my jersey, Coach. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Steam was coming out of Coach Steele's ears from what I understand. Because there's a lot. uh, We kind of talked about this earlier. There was a chance that they could have lost their player or had to take another player out in order to to get a a working number. Right. Fortunately, an injured player had brought his jersey, and it was an eligible receiver type of jersey. So it was a simple simple case of we can change it. And it's, it's, it's within the rules of the WIA to do that as long as you... You know, make the announcements and and the other and you're not trying to fool the other team. Sure. So so they told the other team, hey, by the way, the guy you've been scouting, number eleven, he's not number eleven. So it was fine. I mean, there's nothing. They done. But anyway, the coach still wasn't mad. wasn't pleased because it's still just one of these like, oh my gosh, moments. You forgot your jersey for the state championship game. <laughs> so eventually. The coach went, got into Sawyer Racanelli's face. Coach Steele said this, you have to score six touchdowns to make up for this. <laughs> now, nobody scored six touchdowns in a state championship game. Well, he accounted for six touchdowns because he, he rushed for five touchdowns and he threw for another. So after the game, Sawyer said, hey, did I make it up to you, coach? And uh, yeah, apparently all is forgiven. Hawkinson, state champions again. Wow. Let's move on and talk about the Union Titans. Yeah. 
this is their first yeah. championship, right? Yes. Uh, so when Union opened up in 2007, and uh, the second year of the program, so 2008, they made it to the state championship game. It kind of stunned, stunned the rest of the state. No one knew who Union was because they were a brand new school. And then uh, 2009, they go to the semifinals. So, so they lost in the state championship game, and then they lost in the semifinals in 2009. Everyone thought, oh, wow, Union's going to be this perennial winner and back to the semifinals all these times because they did it so quick. Well, no, it's it's been some time. They even had a couple losing seasons in there. But now they are back, and this time they finish the job 14-0. and Union football coach Rory Rosenbaugh, state champion football coach. It's been about 36 hours since you've won it all. How's life been treating you? It's been pretty busy. It's been pretty busy. A lot of people, uh, a lot of phone calls, a lot of really... A lot of people reaching out, congratulating uh, the team and, and, and our guys on, on the accomplishment. 14-0, and 0, when did you know this, this, this team had it? This team had a chance. When did you know? Uh, gosh, I think, I mean, I think you know pretty early on that you have a chance, and I think it just takes all those, all those other things and tangible things and getting lucky with uh, injuries and kids really coming together chemistry-wise and all those things started to come together. You, you kind of felt it probably about week three or four. They started doing some things where you, you just saw them never quit. And, and uh, we knew that, that the talent was there. And if they would just believe in each other and trust each other, and uh, they had a shot to, to uh, be pretty special by the end of it. Yeah, and you and I talked all year. You had so many close games. Mountain View week one. You went down to California, another close one. Fiala up twice. The finishes of those games, how did those finishes help you in your playoff run? Well, I think kids just, they know that they can get it done in a variety of ways. I mean, they, we, we won games with special teams. We won games with offense. We won games with defense. Uh, we came from behind. We held on to leads late. I mean, all the different scenarios that you can win a game by, we were fortunate enough to to do in the regular season. That that builds that confidence. That builds that belief that our, that our, you know, our kids are like, hey, we can get this done. It doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. It doesn't matter what's happening right now we can hang on or we can pull ahead or whatever it is. So I, I think you go through all those things in the regular season, it really prepares you for the postseason. I know it's a team game. It takes everybody. But I think the whole state now knows how special Lincoln Victor is. Uh, I've watched him for a few years. You, you've been coaching him. My uh, The biggest compliment I ever heard about Lincoln Victor was when your basketball coach told me, last summer. He's the greatest leader in sports that, that he knows, and he doesn't even play basketball. The basketball coach doesn't know him for, for playing basketball, but he knows he's a leader of that school. And I just thought that was special that the basketball coach said something like that. Can, can you say a little bit about Lincoln Victor and what he's meant to you personally? Oh, man, he's been, um, yeah, that was probably one of the harder things about last night, about 8 o'clock. I'm sitting with a couple of coaches and like, we don't ever get to coach Link again or Joe again or, or any of those other guys or Doc. Or He's been so much fun to work with. He's been just, you know, I have so much respect for him and his family and how he goes about his business. He's the hardest worker on the field at, at all times, right? I mean, that, that's what we always tell our guys. If, if you're if your best players or your hardest workers, you have a chance to be pretty good. Uh, when he, he came to work every single day, he demanded – his very best from himself. He demanded the best from his teammates, and they would watch. You know, when they watch him work, and they say, "Well, gosh, if he's doing that, working that hard, then I clearly need to be stepping my game up." Yeah, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss my interactions with him, but I'm so excited for him, and I can't wait to watch him 
uh, do some tremendous things in college wherever he ends up. Uh, I wrote about Darian. What an incredible performance, gut, you know, gutsy performance being injured. He wasn't 100%, but he still had a great state championship game. Uh, uh, obviously, another great senior for you. Uh, your thoughts on Darian? Uh, you know what? The play that I like, my favorite play of Darian in the state championship uh, was the quick kick that Lincoln did. And you go back and watch the film, and Darian Downs it on the one-yard line. That, that ball's not going in the end zone. His foot is not in the end zone. No part of his body. I mean, it was, to me, um, that was my favorite play because he's a dude. We're going to win the game. It's, we're up by probably, I think, four scores at that point. And he's playing that hard in the fourth quarter of a state championship game on a punt. A lot of guys aren't going to do that. Right. Uh, I think it just speaks to speaks to the kind of guy he is and that, and that he's going to compete 100% all the way through um, regardless of the situation. I can't wait to watch what he does in Nebraska. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him grow as a man and as a football player. And then uh, I've watched, uh, I've been in Clark County since 2000, so I've watched a lot of football. I've watched, I've watched a lot of great performances in these playoffs. I've never seen a game like JoJo. That's almost 300 yards from scrimmage from a running back slash wide receiver and a guy who never goes down on first contact. I'm a Raider fan. There's a lot of Seahawks fans around here. He is the beast mode for high school football in this state. What can you say about his performance? Yeah, he, uh, I'm so happy for him. Uh, so happy for him. What he's been through uh, throughout you know his, his high school career. He went you know from really, really high highs as a freshman being a guy coming in or in a varsity, you know, varsity spot and, and being a guy that everybody's talking about to having that really, really tough knee injury very first game of sophomore year. Took him a long time to get right. Um, went through, I mean, it's a, it's a hard thing for a high school kid um, going through that stuff emotionally and battling through that and rehabbing and doing, you know, watching your buddies play and you don't get to play. And when you come back, are you right? You know, do you feel good? And, you know, it probably took him over a year. I'd say 16 to 18 months to really feel good. Yeah, he's a special, special kid, man. I, I, I got a big job. I got to get make sure we get him a home for next year. That's my that's my goal for the next month is find him a home. So, yeah. um, so proud of him. We kind of knew this one, one might happen this way, and the, just the way they, the way they play defense um, and what we thought they'd do matchup wise. Uh, we're, you know, before the game, we as a staff were like, man, Joe, Joe might have a chance to really go off um, in the slot. I, the 80-yard touchdown run was kind of just some poetic icing on the cake for him. But that was yeah. like one of the greatest interceptions you'll ever oh, see too. No, the that, play before that, that, that may, that's that may be his best play of the night. That was amazing. That interception was oh, incredible. And I will say, uh, Root Sports had a great view of that oh, interception perfect. with that camera yes. angle because I, you know, I watched it from the press box and you see it, it looked good. Yeah. When you see it on TV, because I wouldn't watch your amazing. game again. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was amazing. I'll let you go on this. Union Titans, 2018 Class 4A State Champions, undefeated. How you feeling? Whew. And my, uh, it was in the championship game turned out to be fifty-two to twenty, but there were five lead changes in the first half. It was six nothing, then seven six, then thirteen seven, fourteen thirteen, and it just kept going and going. And we thought, oh my gosh, is this going to be a fifty-five to fifty-two football game? Nope, because the Union defense figured out what it was doing, and the Union offense was just clicking. So fifty-two to twenty was the final score on that one. And interesting. You know, so that what thirty-two point game right there. The week before, 
you know, they had to come back from 14 down in the second half to beat Pialop, and that was the second time this season they beat Pialop, trailing by 14. And in the quarterfinals, it was 35-35. This is a tested team, and um, this is a funny one. I'm going to pat myself on the back, but first I'll I'll, uh, I'll say a little bit of negative thing. Instead of, instead of positive, Paul, it was a little bit of negative, Paul, early in the season. So... I'm sitting there, I, I watched them play against Mountain View in week one, and Mountain View almost had them. You know, the next week they're in California, and the the California team kicks off to Darian Chase, one of the greatest athletes in Washington, with 30 seconds left in the game. If they don't kick it to him, because he returns it, and that's how Union wins. Union won four or five games this year that they could have lost. So they go 14-0, but they could have... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there were so many close games. So finally, going into the championship game, I got interviewed by Seattle Radio. And they asked, what's going to happen, Paul? And I said, I am done doubting this team. Lincoln Victor's the quarterback. They're going to win. That was my only analysis. I said, I've watched them play all these games. They've had so many close calls, and they keep winning. There's no way they're losing on Saturday. That that was my call. And the interesting thing is, so my good friend Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPreps.com, he was the exact opposite. In September and October, he's telling me, oh, Union's the best team in the state. Union's the best team in the state. And I'm telling him, I don't think so. They keep, they're almost losing all these games. I, I think they're going to get tripped up eventually. Turned out Ryland, and I love him, and he's a great guy, and he's a great guy for high school sports. He ended up picking Lake Stevens in the championship game for his prediction. And kind of what I was thinking earlier is eventually someone's going to stop Union. So we just did a complete flip. You know, He was all about Union early and he thought Union was awesome, but he thought Lake Stevens would get him. By the end of the season for me, I was like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm done doubting this team. Union's going to win it. And sure enough, uh, second half, all Union. Well, they lose Darian Chase next season, right? Right. He's, yeah, he's, he's a senior. So is uh, Lincoln Victor, the quarterback. JoJo CFLA had the greatest game of his career, almost 300 yards from scrimmage. He's a, normally a running back. Uh, they switched him over to slot receiver, and he does some running back. So he rushed for 112 yards or 113 yards, and he caught like 180-something yards in the championship game. He was absolutely amazing, and uh, I, I know the game was out of reach, but he has this sequence in the championship game. At this time, Union had already, was already going to win the game, but he intercepts a pass in the end zone with a couple minutes left in this game, and it was just an incredible interception. The ball was thrown behind him, and he jumped dove, caught the ball. The very next play, you know, Union has the ball on their own 20-yard line after the touchback. Breaks free for an 80-yard touchdown. Just a total capper on a great day and a great career. JoJo was a varsity running back as a freshman and was awesome. Well, I was I was uh, watching your tweets, I should say, at Valencia CCT on yes. Twitter. Yeah, plug that. <laughs> and I, I, I just was like scratching my head because it got out of hand for Lake Stevens so fast yes. in that fourth quarter. It was just one play after another after another, and Union just put it away. Yeah, exactly. And and that was, like I said, I was going into that game, that was the most confident I was for Union in any good game they had all year. I mean, of course, when they were playing some of the weaker teams, we knew that they were going to win. But every time they played a tough team, it was a close game, and they ended up winning every one of them. But I just, I really felt good about their chances going into that one. So I was not surprised when they pulled away and won that one. But, but, but I acknowledge to the Union fans out there, I acknowledge I, I doubted you early, but I did not doubt you late. And uh, yeah, it was just all Union in that second half. Before we move on, we should give a little shout out to Mountain View too, because they made it to the semifinals. Yeah, Mountain View Thunder, Class 3A GSHL champions, almost, almost beat Union back in week one, which would have been Union's only loss. And then uh, 
And then they went on this great run as well, made it to the semifinals. And uh, so just an incredible season for all of Clark County. I think in years past, I'll tell you, there's been some people that, oh, I don't want that team to win or I don't want this team to win. You know, the, the league rivalries get so intense. But I believe this year everyone was kind of rooting for everybody. I, I don't I don't think... I don't think there was anyone against Union. I don't think, you know, from Clark County. No one was against Hawkinson from Clark County. And I think the same thing can be said about Mountain View. They all wanted Mountain View to win in the semifinals, but even just making it to the semifinals, that was a pretty incredible season. That's only the third time in Mountain View's history. Let me let me ask you, outside of Union and Mountain View and Hawkinson, any other stories that sort of jumped out at you? I'm still amazed at Camus' season. They went 5-5, five and five, which... You know, for Camas standards, is, is it's not up to their standards. We know that you know the papermakers are, are are a perennial power. But in those five losses, it was by a total of 19 points. And in every one of those games, they had the ball with a chance to to tie or take the lead in the last minute, and it just didn't happen. And that and that just that doesn't happen in football very often. That's un, that's just bad luck. It's not just <laughs> it's not just yeah. scout, it's not just a, a play here or whatever. That's also just bad luck. And so and that they've got a lot of juniors so I think they're going to learn a lot from those losses and I think they could be really good next year Camus. So Paul what I want to know is uh, this past Saturday um, at the Tacoma Dome take us there if you will just briefly visually how what was the experience like for both teams you were right there on the field for part of it Um, you've been doing this for so long what was unique about this year what was special well it's interesting you said that it was completely different for the uh, any team that's ever played at the Tacoma Dome in previous years the fans after the game can come down to the field level off to the concourse to actually meet with the players win or lose you get hugs and you know congratulations or or condolences or whatever. This year, they've redone the Tacoma Dome. So all the fans were up about 25 feet and there were no stairs down to the field. So the fans had to wait for the players to come up to them. So when Hawkinson wins, at one, they had the 1 o'clock game. There's another game at 4 o'clock, another classification championship game. So they get ushered off to the side, but they couldn't yet see their Fans. I mean, they could they could wave at their fans, but they couldn't get hugs and stuff until they actually got upstairs. So that was new this year. But as far as just the experience of just going into the Tacoma Dome, it's really weird because the Tacoma Dome is so old. And for us old timers, we go, oh, it's the dome, it's the dome. But every high school football player, every high school basketball player and every high school wrestler wants to go to the Dome. The Dome is special. So it doesn't matter if you've been there two years in a row like Hawkinson or this is the first year in 10 years for Union and these guys had never, haven't been there before. It was It's special walking in there. Hawkinson has decals on their helmet. That's the Dome with the Hawkinson H in the middle because they won the state title last year. So anybody who played in, on that team has a decal on their helmet. And so it is a special place, the Tacoma Dome. Even if it is a, a quote, old building, everyone wants to go there because that's where they have state basketball, that's where they have state wrestling, and that's where they have the state championship games for football, the Gridiron Classic, they call it. So if you make it to the Saturday at the Dome, it's a special thing. So Hawkinson gets there, and yeah, they all look up at the ceiling, and it's just so weird because you don't play in Dome stadiums in, in high school football ever unless you make it to this weekend. And so it is special for them. And then Union, same way, and both 
Hawkinson and Union, they, they packed their side of the, of the grandstands, and it, it was special. So even though Hawkinson did it last year, all their fans showed up again. But it was a, a little bit different this year because after the game, when, you, when the media is doing the interviews, there's no you're not fighting the fans to get to them, too. It was so funny. Last year when Hawkinson won it all, I could barely move. There was so many people in this little <laughs> section area. And I just finally said, you know what? I'm going to go back over here, and I'm going to yell for players, come talk to me, because <laughs> I couldn't get to them. So uh, just a special 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 time the the dome brings great memories to a lot of people i was going to say one of my favorite memories of the, the football season when we mic'd up the referee. Oh, yes, Jim so Goss. That was such a cool video and such a cool story to look and see sort of the life of a, a referee during a high school football game. And they're in need of referees as well. So that was part of the, the, the purpose of the story. But uh, that, to me, was really kind of a look behind the scenes you don't get to see a lot of times during a football season. Right. And I, I'd asked the uh, local football association, the officials, Evergreen Football Officials Association, I asked them for someone who would be a, a good representative to, to mic up. And they, they gave us Jim Goss because he is one of the, the best communicators out there. He'll explain, hey, number 52, I thought that was a hold. I didn't call it, but but watch it. You do that again, I'm going to have to call it. Yeah, he yanked that guy by the shirt. I saw his whole shoulder pad stick out of his shirt. I'm like, yay, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's not blatant, he's going to give these guys a break. And it's really good for fans to see that these guys are not just trying to call a penalty on every play. In fact, they would prefer not to call penalties. And uh, so it's but they're necessary. We need officials for all sports. But, yeah, we're losing we're losing football officials. We're losing basketball officials because the treatment they get from some fans and some coaches, it's just not worth it because they're not making a whole lot of money if they're doing it at the high school level. But, yeah, I was, I was really proud of that project because it did put a face on these guys. They're not just the guys in stripes that we can yell at. No, they're humans. They make mistakes. He's, he's even caught on the mic explaining, yeah, I, I probably should have called that and tell that coach that I was wrong. He got up there and paused, but it definitely wasn't a full second. Yeah. I heard him. Yeah. I hate to admit when I'm wrong, but I am. Don't tell no one. I'm going to let him know. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Or something. And he makes a joke. Oh, don't tell him I was wrong, but just tell him I should have called it or something. <laughs> but I mean, the stuff that we do in all of our jobs, we all make mistakes. And sometimes you just got to say, yeah, I, I blew it. And it's true. Officials can blow it too. But most of them, they know it and they don't like it. Just like you don't like making a mistake in your job. But you know what? None of them are out there trying to get one team or get one player. It's just they got to call it like they see it. We're going to let Paul have a few days off for yeah. Europe for high school basketball. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know officially basketball season started a week ago for, for the games and a few weeks ago for practice. But I'm sorry. As long as we have football teams playing in Clark County, my focus is going to be on football. We'll get to basketball after after the new year. It'll be a huge basketball crush for January and February and, and, and state. Well, thank you so much, Paul. We greatly appreciate your insight and uh, everything that you've brought to the team and the table, and it, it's fantastic. So hey, thanks a lot. Going. Thanks a lot. And that is the inaugural edition of the Insider from ClarkCountyToday.com. That it is. Be sure to check back. We're going to have all kinds of fun stuff for you, working on some great things, and we're looking forward to it. Have a good one. <laughs>